In this particular episode, we're going to talk about some worst performing areas of 2023. Now, I'm not using these areas to feel proud about, you know, the certain areas that I chose and how areas that I chose performed far better than these areas. Well, look, even though it's the truth, I'm not here to celebrate that. I'm here to talk about using data and being able to analyze why areas didn't go as well. And by doing things in the opposite like this, you're going to be able to then say, hey, if I know where things aren't going well and I use certain metrics to better understand the relationship with price and certain pressure trends, you can flip that on its head and do the same for actually finding areas that do go well. And so with regards to this, we're going to look at one, things like the core stats, two, which areas themselves are the ones that actually had them, and three, what needs to change in terms of the performance metrics and or my thoughts of how these areas start to shift, okay? So with regards to these areas, there are five I selected. I could have selected more, but there are five, and these are areas that have a little bit of a similar trend to some, but then you might be surprised. And this is why I'd encourage you to stay towards the end to really understand which particular areas are showing up and why they're showing up. And more importantly, at the end, I'm going to also go through what trends need to shift for them to start going into positive territory for price growth. So let's get into number one. I've got my uh, screen here in front of me. And the first one I'm looking at is Richmond Valley Coastal New South Wales. Now, if that is a whole bunch of jargon to you, Arjun, what city is that? I've never seen that in Australian map. These are using terms called SA3, and SA3 stands for Statistical Area Level 3. You've seen me use these terms in our reports if you've been following along or other podcasts in the past, but essentially they're me clustering data together with this term that ABS census use, and the idea here is that I can get more rich data by having more sample size, okay? Now, to give you some familiarity with this area, it's things like, you know, Byron Bay, Lennox Heads, uh, all towards Ballina. Um, look, I could be botching that, by the way. It could be Bellina, could be Ballina, could be Bellina, maybe? I don't know. We'll see how it goes. But uh, please do correct me. Drop me a message. Drop me a note. And so from this perspective, this is the first region that hasn't been going so well. So to shout out a couple of key statistics, the first one is price change. And this is using APM data, or for others that don't know, it's domain. 18.5% uh, reduction in 12-month price trends. That's double-digit declines. Then you've got a 3.2% reduction in rent, and those are the two big factors. So really, you're losing double digits over the 2023 year slash parts of 22 because it's the last 12 months. And at the same time, you're losing some rental gain while the rest of the country has not been losing rents and has been seeing a recovery. That's pretty bad, right? Now, before we go into area two, we're going to go through some of the deeper data sets that show this change and what tends to show when you see declining markets. If you flip it on its head, they're also what show when markets are improving. Now, the first thing I'm looking at is days on market trends. There is a 73.7% increase in days on market over the last 12 months. So in simple form, people are taking a lot longer to sell their properties. The next trend is housing inventory. So just to remember, housing inventory is the relationship between demand and supply. And how we can simply display this to you is if you took, say, an area that has 30 properties for sale, and on average about 10 properties are selling each and every single month as the traditional or average sales volumes, that's three months of inventory because 
if you paused and said, how long would it take for all the stock in this area to dry up and be completely gone? It would be three months of selling 10 properties per month to clear that 30 for sale. So when I said this is 6.2, that ain't low. It's pretty high. So if it's 6.2, that's uh, 62 properties for sale at a 10 per month selling period. So that's not what you want. Now for some benchmarking, some context, sort of three to four months is a pretty balanced market. Over four months is a weaker market. And then under three months is a hot market. Now you could be at one month, two month, 2.5. The under three does not shift massively. Like if it's hot, it's hot. Like, you know, hotter and hot are still both hot. Okay. Now that's the first thing. So inventory is not good. Now on that inventory, what drives it, right? Because we have the listings relationship. So how much for sale? And then we have the volume of sales relationship, what's selling or how much is selling. So let's break those indicators down. The first one is 12 months trend of listings down 20.9%. So that's interesting, right? Because if listings are down 20%, you'd think that inventory would be better, but sales volumes have dropped that much more. So that means that days on markets increase, not because of more people having sales occur, it's actually way less sales occurring, even though listings have fallen, sales are dropping way faster and dropping at higher levels. And that's what's causing people to actually see the sale times take longer. So this is an important thing to remember because people just talk about undersupply. I don't care about one side of the equation. I want both supply and demand, right? And now this is stats specifically that break it down. Time to sell, longer, finding a rental property easier because rents are declining. And then lastly, prices are declining and combine that with the reason why it sells volumes are declining much more than listings are. So that's a key thing. Now, vacancy rates, interestingly, have not been super high here. They've been pretty decent. It's just that they haven't had a huge increase in rents. Now, this is a phenomena that can happen. People think that just low vacancy rates suddenly means an increase in rents. There is a correlation with it. There is a trend to it. But you can have some rents fall back, even though vacancy rates are low, because vacancy rates are more a proportion, right? They're more available rentals. That doesn't mean that everyone wants those rentals. It just happens to be less available of them. Like there could be two bananas on the shelf, but if you don't like bananas, you ain't going to touch them, right? So the main thing there is to recognize that it's availability. And so I think what may be here is perhaps the dynamic of the price for rent, like how expensive it may be. That could play a part. But if you're a local, you might want to let us know why rent stepped back a little bit in some of these areas. Not all of them, but just some of these areas. So the next thing here is vacancy rates in 2023. It did go up, but it's still low from 0.6 to 0.9. So that's the increase trend you don't want to see, but that's still hovering at very low levels. And from this perspective, when you're seeing all of that, you can start to see why this area didn't do so well. Now, these are not what we call causation. This is what we call the effect. This is the outcome of whatever's happening in that region to show certain trends move in a certain direction. It's not what causes it. It's not like the causing of this is because days on market went up. That's the effect of whatever's causing it. Now, do I know exactly what's causing it on the ground in these markets? Truth is, I don't. But I can still say that this is happening. Therefore, as a data-driven investor, if days on market's flying up, if inventory's high, you're not likely to see price growth in the short term. That is area number one, Richmond Valley Coastal. Now, surprise, what do you reckon area number two is? Richmond Valley Hinterland. So it's essentially the next area to this region, which is the places like Lismore and a few surrounding sort of up in the hills areas or up in the bushes or trees areas from that coastal line. Now, similar things here. We have not seen rental prices grow. They've been pretty flat. Uh, sale prices dropped 13% over the last 12 months. 
Days on market up 72.6%. Inventory pretty high as well at 5.7 months of stock. Listings trend, a little bit different here. Unlike the Byron's and everywhere else where listings dropped 20% and sales dropped even further, we've actually got listings increased by 1.4% in the hinterland and sales volumes drop further. So it's now not only a slight increase in supply, but you've seen sales volumes fall off too. However, common theme around most of Australia, vacancy rates still pretty low at 0.4% vacancy 2022 and even a 0.5% vacancy in 23. So that rent trend may not last for long to be that tight uh, in terms of being that flat. It should increase eventually, but so far it just hasn't over the last 12 months at massive levels. Now the last three, uh, we've got ACT. So there's a few pockets here called Molongo and Western Creek. There's the postcode 2611. And yeah, we've seen some heat drop off in ACT. I'm actually hearing some pretty sad stories from a few people. I've heard people putting deposits on land at 7, 8, and even 850. And now those lands are being valued at 650 to 750 in some areas. So it's pretty scary times for those who need to settle on those blocks of land. And unfortunately, this happens a lot in Australia. You just don't see it. You don't hear about it. Uh, there's a lot of impact that happens from off the plan sales that don't go to plan. And hence why we stay away them and you should too okay so from that perspective act down in price 8.6 percent in this particular region postcode 2611 if you want to do the homework on if that's your postcode or if that's your suburbs check it out but that's the first then we've even got the rent decline of 1.8 percent and a whopping days on market increase of 116 percent Housing inventory stays low though, but the supply is shifting up quickly. This is industry, this inventory level will increase really quickly. Um, housing listings are up 45% in terms of the last 12 month trend and vacancy rates remain pretty low still at 1%. So that is area three done. Now, why don't we have a look at area number four? So area number four, I've got Southern Highlands in New South Wales, a beautiful part of New South Wales. And I'm starting to see a bit of a trend. Obviously, Canberra is one major city, but it seems to be that regional, major, pricier, larger block parts of New South Wales, lifestyle areas, whether it's the hills or the, or the water, that seem to be feeling the pinch a little bit more over the last 12 months than some other areas. And Southern Highlands, the next one, uh, driving distance from Sydney, is seeing it as well. So down 6.1% over the last 12 months, down 4.4% rent-wise, Increase of days on market, 72.7%. Housing inventory low at 7 point, not low, actually high at 7.1 months. And listings trends increasing 18.2% over the last 12 months with sales volumes falling off as well. Vacancy rates are a little bit more elevated here uh, at 1.5, creeping up to 2%. And that is the fourth area. So I might take a pause here just to really go through these four areas before we jump on the fifth you're noticing some common stuff here. Days on market, a clear trend that in all areas is trending up. And not at small doses. I'm talking meaningful shifts of 60, 70, 80, even 116%, which is the third region being ACT, Canberra. So what you should do is consider days on market in your analysis. Now, don't look at days on market in isolation like I just did here for its trend analysis. Also look at where it is because there are some regions where days on markets are low and they're trending up as a percentage term, but really is a 20 days on market going up by 10% to 22, a big issue. Even if it goes up by 30% and it's up at 26, is that a big issue? 
well, may not be at those low numbers. So keep in mind the trend and how low it is or high it is. And then you've also got some unique cities like Wagga and Tamworth that have high days on market, even in their booms, only because they have different ways to sell things, like through sales advices and instead of full contract of sales and exchanging on cooling off periods, longer settlement periods. The jargon goes on. The main thing here is that this is an analysis you should really keep an eye on. And the last one is inventory. Outside of one region, which is the ACT, all of them had high levels of inventory and they were rising either in listings or falling off a cliff in sales volumes. So really consider that. Now we're going to go to area five. So area five is the surf coast region of Victoria. And so in the surf coast region, um, you do have a few pretty popular parts extending beyond sort of Geelong and you're going further towards the coastline. Then there's a couple of green shoots and some suburbs looking good. But overall, this region has seen a decline in 9% in terms of price trends. Increase in rents though, but just not much at 4% increase in rents. And days on market again is the big culprit at up 88%. Inventory levels remain high. However, we can see some interesting buying conditions in some parts of it because what was interesting here is I do think that Victoria over the coming years will be an interesting market to watch. And I'm hoping that in a couple of years from now, we can start to look back and go, Arjun, what were those interesting signals? Why did you say it was interesting? And I'm going to be sure to bring that to you in another episode for sure. So 8.2 months of inventory, not small by any means, and listings trending up at 54% increase. So that's the reason why. Uh, vacancy rates have also jumped pretty quickly at 1.2 going up to 2.1%. So you've got to be cautious of where you're buying here for these vacancy rates that are increasing, uh, listings that are increasing, inventory that's high and growth coming off its wave. So these are five regions that have performed the worst as per domain or APM data over the last 12 months that are SA3 regions. And these particular five regions have all shown a common trend, which was days on market. Now, I told you that if you were going to say, uh, you sticked around to the end of this episode, I was going to show you what you could do to actually find areas that are likely to perform quite good. Well, there are two core trends here. One was days on market and the second is housing inventory. So I showed you how both of these going in the wrong direction or staying at high levels were likely the causes at the end, uh, off the back of the true causes on the macro level that ended up showing price growth declines ahead. Price growth declines, probably not that word, but price declines, right? So with price declines, if you now want to flip these indicators on its head, vendor discounting falling quickly, days on market falling quickly, and inventory levels being at three or below are sure signs that price growth in the next 12 to 24 months is imminent. It's likely to happen. Because put fancy data terms aside, let's just translate what I said in English. People are selling places faster not many available for sale in comparison to what's being purchased and people not having to give a lot of discounts on each sale they make in that area. You tell me prices are about to fall there. That's not the case. When those changes flip on their head, that's usually when prices come back. Now, it's always important to look at trend analysis. It's always important to look at where it is from the static and where it goes to. That's the key parts that many people miss and also putting bandwidth so you know, hey, data point here, data point here, A and B top down. If I say it's in between this, it's a healthy bandwidth. If it's moving from 130 down to a 90, it's good on the trend, but it's still at a high bandwidth. These are ways where you start to look at it and look at it more holistically. I hope this really helps you in your data analysis journey to getting the right markets at the right time 
It's something that we do time and time again for our clients. And hopefully by learning just a couple of key indicators, you can apply this to your journey to make the right differences. So you don't put yourself in the lowest performing markets in certain areas, unless you're buying there for the next cycle. And that's another conversation on its own. And really, I think there's probably some other areas that you could have gone to to better your results for your portfolio, not only in 2023, but what's ahead in 2024. That's it from us. 